0: Y'all know the drill by now. Wickles pickles. Wicklespickles.com. Wickles Pickles. Make this podcast possible. It's a family recipe made right here in the state of Alabama. 90 years in the making. Pickles, relishes, okras. There's a sandwich bread that my Twitter account proves goes good on a uh, breakfast sandwiches with some eggs, and bacon on some brioche. Just, you know, throwing that, throwing that out there. It's a wide variety of pickle products for a wide variety of. Of uses, I'm starting to, I'm starting to fear we're actually going to lose Hunter from his ad selling job at the Tuscaloosa News to open up a restaurant in which he can just kind of riff on Wickle's Pickles products and and make some ingenious dishes, or maybe a food truck that would probably serve that concept a little bit better. The point is, he's done a lot with Wickle's Pickles, and you can too. Go to Wickle'sPickles.com to see more of their products. You can also find them in the Pickle Isle of your local store. Now let's get to the podcast. What's up everybody. And welcome back to the Bama beat podcast, a podcast that won't stick to sports, but it might stick to pickles. I'm Brett Hudson and I'm normally joined by Hunter Johnson on these baseball podcasts, but I have a special guest for this episode. We're joined by Matt Rada, the former Alabama volunteer assistant who is now an assistant coach for Pitt. coach. We're going to get to your time at Alabama, but first, congratulations on a very meaningful move for you. How have things been the last few days?
1: I definitely appreciate it. It's uh, It's been a, a busy, busy couple of days getting getting up here and getting settled in, um, but I'm really excited to get going up here at Pitt, um, especially with what we got going on with the program here.
0: Yeah. Now, for, for people who, who don't know the inner workings of, of college baseball, the NCAA allows schools to have a head coach and two assistant coaches, but most schools at the upper levels have a so-called volunteer assistant coach who does just as much of work as the assistant coaches, but mostly only make money from camps. Now, you had been an assistant at Indiana and Xavier before coming to Alabama as the volunteer, and there was momentum for a third assistant in 2019, but that motion failed in April of that year. So I'm curious what your mindset was like in that spring of 2019 when there was some, some movements toward potentially creating a third assistant job at the college baseball level and uh, assuming that you could have been a full-time assistant coach at Alabama if that motion had had passed what were how how closely were you following that what was your mindset during that time
1: (laughs) well I can tell you I was definitely paying attention to it and I I think everybody was hopeful um for me I was in a unique situation because I was uh, I was really fortunate I was the recruiting coordinator Xavier and and Coach Bo Hannon called me and um, asked me to come down to be the volunteer. And, and in the back of my mind, you know, you, you, you hear all everything about the third assistant possibly going through. Um, but to be honest with you, you know, that that didn't have too much of an uh, impact on my decision to go down there for me. It was um, to join Coach Bo. And shoot, I've known him since I was 16. You know, he, he recruited me um, to play for him in Kentucky. And, and you know, I've, I've loved him, um, you know, for – for years and years, we've had a great relationship. So for him to, to call to come down to, to Alabama and be part of an SEC program and, and a program as historic as Alabama, it was for me it was a no brainer. And unfortunately, the third assistant deal didn't didn't work out in my favor. But um, shoot, man, it's part of it. And just the opportunity to to watch the the program grow down there and the experience um, and, and learning the recruiting and everything like that from from him and Z and JJ, I, I don't think you can put a real value on. Um, you know that experience.
0: Now, I do want to get to your time playing for for Bo, but first, I do want to give you a chance to tell us about your new job before we circle back to your time at at Alabama. You're working for Mike Bell, someone who made it to Omaha in 2012 and 2017, plus Super Regionals in 13, 15, and 16. All of that as a Florida State assistant. Now he's trying to take Pitt to a regional for the first time since. 1995 is the vision for the program to try to break that 25-year tournament slump
1: absolutely i think um anytime you you, you come into a, a program and this is one of the things that me and coach bella talked about when i was going through the interview process and he really sold me on was his vision and um he, he's unique unique I, I don't know if there's anybody in the country you would have to fact check me on this but he's been to omaha as an assistant coach at tennessee oklahoma and florida state i, I don't know if there's been another assistant that that did that and now being a head coach um, you know, I can tell you that his standards and his expectations aren't, aren't changing. Um, And, and, you know, I I think just from my little time being up here, uh, I'm so impressed with what Pitt's done from an athletic department standpoint and with their new AD and and some new coaching staffs. um, I, I think, the vision is to to win here and, and they have every resource to, to do that. And um, they're, they're very supportive, especially in baseball. So I think it's a really, really good time. Uh, you know, I feel very fortunate for the, the timing to link up, to get a, um, get, get a job like this and the timing I did.
0: And now we get to your time at Alabama. As you mentioned, you worked for Brad Bohannon for two years and you got recruited for him and you played for him. When he was an assistant at Kentucky, um, so tell me, what was it like to be recruited by Brad Bohannon, and, and then what was it like to play for him back when you were with you were at Kentucky?
1: Well, I think I'm one of the only blemishes on Coach Bo's recruiting record. To be <laughs> honest with you, he, he's done a pretty good job. He had a Golden Spikes winner. He's had I don't know how many big leaguers and first rounders, and then he had this little little run shortstop that used to run around. Um now I'm hey that's a, joke that's, that.
0: that's a runt shortstop that started 199 games yeah. in the FCC so don't <laughs> don't let matts humility fool you okay well
1: it's not we had a we had a a, a big league shortstop and JT Riddle is actually with the pirates right now playing second base so i don't know who was making coaching decisions um back then <laughs> but it, if they were a little smarter we probably would have gone to Omaha or a time or two but um, no it, it's it's been great Bo he's the best um, from a recruiting standpoint and I've gotten to know him on both sides of it now it, it's just really unique my relationship to, to be able to learn from him but to also go through it too and I think about it um, from my standpoint you know as I grow up prof- professionally and everything else but you know just how Bo went about the recruitment process uh, process with me um, and how it attracted to me to 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 him, not only him, but to the school and everything else. Um, you know, he just really built that relationship and, shoot, was carried on 12, 13 years later, whatever, um, however long it's been. So I think that's one thing that's unique for me to, to be able to learn from him.
0: How how does he kind of form relationships with with his recruits? Because I mean, you were part of a, a big recruiting surge that Alabama went on earlier this year summer. And when I talked to some of those guys that rec- that committed at that time, all of them mentioned kind of a, a feeling of, I don't know if safety is the right word, but they were able to build a really productive relationship with Bo, JJ, Zuli, and yourself quickly. And to do all that over the phone, obviously, since you're not doing any in-person evaluating and anything like that, I- I'm just curious how Coach Bo Hannon forms a relationship with recruits because while while he's had some big jobs, he's been at three SEC schools now, Kentucky, Auburn, and Alabama. He, he hasn't had the benefit of a Texas-like uh, brand behind him or sure, uh, sure. a USC-like brand or, or the huge backing that places like Mississippi State and LSU get. He just hasn't had the benefit of that in his career, so he has to do it with the relationship piece and the excellent scouting piece. So since you were – recruited by Coach Bohannon and recruited for Coach Bohannon. How does he kind of build that relationship with potential players?
1: Yeah, I think you hit the, the head on the nail there with the, the relationship piece. I think that's really important. And you kind of mentioned safety. And one thing I would say is com- comfortable. You know, I think kids um, are comfortable even with J.J. and and, and Z. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to find better people and more down-to-earth people um, that it's it's not a – not a pressure situation it's not a it's not a business transaction I, I think it's a it's a relationship and and somebody that you get comfortable with and you, you just kind of build it as it goes And i think so, certain kids um definitely uh link up to certain certain styles and certain people differently and for me it was you know bo's just a, a down-to-earth guy that um that that we connected and um and enjoyed each other's company and everything like that And i think that, that's a something that you don't always see i think some some people look at uh recruiting and everything else as such a a business transaction where you, you forget that it, it's a really re- relationship oriented um a deal because when kids come to college and they come to school they're going to spend i mean just, these three or four years that they're going to spend are you know as important as any in their entire life and um it'll, it'll kind of link up. i mean shoot, for me it's gotten me into my profession and and everything else and um, and a lot of that's through the relationships I've, I've built through baseball. And um, so I, I think it's important that you feel comfortable with the people that you're around because you mentioned it doesn't matter if you play at Yankee Stadium or you, you play at a, a local 1A high school, like you, you get used to the buildings and the surroundings that you're around. And I think the most important part of the recruiting and, and the college experience, a lot of it's the people that you're around and the people that you're surrounded with. And that's where I think Bo is um, you know unbelievable as far as building those relationships and really caring for kids and, and everything on that side.
0: That's, that's interesting. Now, when it comes to coaching players once they get on the roster and get on campus, what differences in him and or his coaching style did you notice between playing for him and, and working for him?
1: Well, oh, He's getting old. He's getting old. He's mellowing out a little bit. He's getting a little soft. That's all I told him all the time. He's, a, he's getting to be a teddy bear um, in his old age, but, um, (laughs) no, he, he does a good job. He's both, both the best. I think, and and it goes back to the relationship piece he's still involved with the recruiting part of it that he doesn't really change. I think a lot of people, when they become head coaches, like their personalities change or they feel like they're in charge and they have to become somebody that they're not. And I I think watching Bo grow um, from being an assistant at Kentucky to being the head coach at. Alabama and, and beyond he, he's the same guy you know 10 years later he's the same person that I met um then so I think kids really enjoy playing for him um he, he's you know he's a pretty simple pretty simple guy you play hard and you, you do what you're supposed to do and you're not going to have too many too many problems you're not going to hear too much um from coach Bo so he, he's he's pretty simple straightforward with that just run the bases hard and you guys are going to get along great
0: Now, Bo was not your only connection to the SEC. You were on staff at Indiana under Chris Lamonis, who is now the head coach at, at Mississippi State. Among the many bummers of the 2020 season meeting the fate that it did, I imagine you were really looking forward to bringing him and him to your home stadium against a team that you all thought was much improved from the previous season.
1: Sure. And I think that's one of the disappointments in this year. You, you didn't really get a true chance to see um, where that, that Bama team stacked up to the rest of the league. And I know that obviously Mississippi State um, has a, a very good program and they had a, a great team going into the year as well. Um, so, yeah, Coach Lamonis and Coach Seasborough, we are uh, very close with them still. And my time in indiana with them and they've got a great thing going over their estate but yeah it, it was a little unfortunate because I, I was i've been shooting off some texts like you better be watching out the tides tides starting to come so <laughs> uh, maybe, that would, i'll be following that one close next year
0: yeah that that would have been a, a real fun series because when you were at indiana you also worked you worked for limonis but you worked alongside kyle Cheeseborough, who is now the volunteer at mississippi state and roger rodehaver who was the director of baseball ops there and is now the director of baseball ops at, at State. Both of them followed Lamonis from from Bloomington to Starkville. So uh, we're, we might as well just call that the Matt Radable and have three three games of, <laughs> of celebrating your next to, to both. Uh, all your I'm all about it. ACC series, I guess. Um, go. Uh, so let's talk about that 2020 team that, that could have been. Of the freshmen that y'all had in the lineup consistently, which of them were you – most excited to see what he could have done over 56 games
1: oh wow that's a tough one you know because uh, diodati got off to such a hot start yeah um, in the beginning and it was gonna it was gonna be fun because i think the one thing about being in the sec for so long you, you see it um you have some really talented players and no matter how talented they are they're going to get into the league and they're going to struggle at some point you know the scouting reports start coming out um everything like that it, it, the pit you know the game gets better the pitchers get better they start they tighten up a little bit The control gets a little better hitters stop missing um the fastball so much as they did early on um so it, it was going to be interesting it's hard for me to think um the was going to struggle but I, you know it was coming at some point i think but um you know i, I think he would have had an unbelievable year freshman year he's an unbelievable player um everything like that he's just so strong so i think he could have help make up for some of that, that freshman, what he didn't know. And he's competed at such a high level with team Canada and everything else. I, I was really interested to see how he was going to handle the league and how to handle the, the ups and downs and, and everything that way. And I think you look at the other freshmen that were, that were playing. Um, I, I think some of them were just getting going, you know, you can think about Jim Jarvis mm-hmm. um, who, who's going to be an unbelievable player in his time there. And, and Zane Denton was getting the bag going a little bit. And some of those other guys that had, had just kind of, we're, we're coming on. Um, you know, it's it's disappointing that they they didn't get to truly figure out um, what they were or what they were made of. But I'm sure that all those guys are going to have a ton of success in the future.
0: How many SEC games do you think that team would have won? Oh, that can't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> well,
1: I, we we're going. It was a regional team. It was a regional team. I feel. Okay. It, I feel. It. So that, you got you got put me on. I guess 15 there. You go 15. 15. Well, uh, Your regional team.
0: More or less. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's Maybe fair. 14, I mean, you get in at 14 uh, sometimes, sometimes, but I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, after
1: there's, that, been a, there's been a team getting at 13 when that's when a game in, two in Hoover
0: on occasion. Yeah. I mean, and Bo has said the fact that that they thought they were a regional team as well. So uh, you're not, yeah, you're I, not, I have to agree that with that. Already said. So, you
1: know, it was just, you, it was, the team was so young. You just don't know, but you just looked at the, the schedule and everything else. Now everything was lined up. It, I, I would have I had a lot better answer for you if we would have got that, that Mizzou weekend in. I would have had a lot better feel for how we stacked up and how some of those freshmen that's, – that's the thing you don't know, you know, with the young arms and, and with Prelip and Antoine, and they get into Baton Rouge and Fayetteville that first time, and how do they handle it? So, um, But, you know, I think I think the indicator was early in this year for, for the uh, future of the program is looking really, really strong.
0: Yeah and the I think one of many bummers about it was that the first half of y'all's SEC schedule was a little lighter than the second half so y'all could have I mean it was feasible for for y'all to reach the halfway point of the SEC schedule like 9 and 6 or 10 and 5 that was that was well within I don't know, know
1: if the, you can look at any SEC baseball schedule and say that it's easier this half's easier than that half I don't know <laughs> I don't know if that's fair to anybody else in the league <laughs> true
0: true there's,
1: there's never a, a easy easy weekend or easy that's, half
0: that's something i can say that that you can't so I'm, that's, I'm
1: not saying i've been i've been through that league too many times there's too many good good players
0: that's true uh, so to to lay out rada's resume as a player since he he was apparently a runt shortstop in his own opinion <laughs> 199 games at shortstop for kentucky and spent some time in independent ball and in the Rays organization. So, one, one
1: day in the ball, independent ball one
0: day uh, uh, really
1: one day i i was the, the river city rascals for one day i was there one night got my physical and stuff then play played the next day and signed with the Tampa Bay Rays after the game <laughs> so i was there for like <laughs> less than less than 48 hours
0: incredible but where was that
1: that was the uh, river city rascals right outside of st louis in the frontier league
0: <laughs> that's awesome
1: one, one day one day of independent yeah. put, put yeah. it on the a res- resume builder for me it yeah. is
0: it, exactly
1: so, add it to the list
0: right with, with that playing pedigree i want to know what you think of two guys who are sure to get at least a look at shortstop for alabama next year if not a lot more than that jim jarvis and miles austin uh,
1: you got two guys and in some way that's their their opposites um as players a little bit you you look at jim jarvis and he's more of your your steady eddie Your you you know i just call uh, Kobe robinson meat and potatoes because he's just always solid he's you're never going to complain about meat and potatoes and um he's gonna make every play um jim is is a really really good baseball player polished um i think the bat is going to really develop he showed signs in the fall of, of really being able to impact as a, a one-two type hitter and I, I think that's why he'll be in the, in the future and he, he does some things defensively that you just you don't see a lot you know he, he can make he has some range he has some feel but he, he's very consistent in what he does where miles the the shoot the sky's the limit with what miles could do. You know, he, he's so talented um, and, and so athletic. You, you don't see guys like miles um, very often on the baseball field with that type of athleticism. Um, you, you, you see him do something every day that you're just like, wow, nobody else can do that. You know, like nobody else on the field is long enough and talented enough and athletic enough to, to do that. So I'm really interested to see um, miles develop over the next year for however long, just as he continues to mature and and, and put on weight and um, everything like that, he he could be anything. That that kid could, um, uh, you could tell me anything about Miles in in five years, and I would believe it. He's just got that type of potential and that type of ceiling.
0: I, I have to ask you about Jim Jarvis's two strike approach. And anyone <laughs> who made it to the ballpark in the short season that was last year know, knows what I'm talking about. When when Jarvis gets to two strikes, it, I, I didn't like see it up close from field level, but it, it looks like he chokes all the way up the grip on on the bat. Like it, it looks like his top hand is where the grip starts on the bat. He kind of like gets into this crouch thing and kind of opens up his stance a little bit. Like I don't. I don't understand. It's ugly.
1: It's ugly is what you're trying to say. It, that's
0: exactly what I'm it's trying to say. It's a little
1: ugly. It, you know, it, Jim's, like a, Jim's like an old school ball player. You know, he's just kind of, he's gritty. He's he's old school. He doesn't want to strike out. He's Southern California, like put the ball in play type kid. So, yeah, he does this weird, like put the bat out. Like, I don't even know, George brett I'm trying to think of like something that's. George uh,
0: Brett is a pretty bait. good comp for it. Like, a little it, bit.
1: Like he gets like hunched over and the bat goes out.
0: It looks bad, but it works. Like I don't, I don't understand how his body does it, but he is able to generate some quick action out of that batting stance. And I'm, I'm just curious what you thought of it the first time you saw it because the first time I saw it, I was like, there's just, there's just no way this is going to work. The coaching staff is gonna it, it coax this out of him, and then through fall, every single time I see him get in that, he's constantly making contact and fouling something off or doing something so at that point i just i just shut up and let it be what it is what i'm the same way
1: i I, well i was throwing in bp and so you know i didn't know jarvis extremely well coming in and i get up there and we're throwing bp and we go to like a two strike round or or something one day he Mm. immediately goes into this so all i want to do now is like just to strike him out so i'm throwing him bp and i'm like i'm throwing it all over kind of juicing up on him a little bit but you're right like he just he just freaking hits every like he finds the barrel for everything so I'm sitting there trying to change speeds on him everything I, I did like me and him that would have little competitions in the cages and stuff where I I got a nasty little change-up um, for the lefties that, that I got in VP that I'd get him out every now and then. he would he would lie and say that I couldn't strike him out but I got him I got him a couple times
0: <laughs> uh, it, it's like I said I don't understand how it works, but he makes contact out of it. And I guess that's all you, <laughs> all you care teach, about. Each
1: their own. If it works, it works. Don't, don't change it.
0: E- exactly. Well, he is, he is Matt Raider, the pride of Kokomo, Indiana. One of the better shortstops in Kentucky baseball history, former Alabama volunteer assistant and current assistant coach for the Pitt Panther baseball team. We really appreciate your time to join us here on the Bama beat podcast. And I know I won't be alone in keeping an extra eye on pit baseball this year.
1: Brett, definitely. I appreciate you having me and um, wish you the best. And, and really enjoyed getting to know you over the last year and so, and definitely be following you as well.
0: All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the, to the Bama Beat podcast brought to you by Wickles Pickles.